Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming your weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey guys welcome back to the ha podcast it is time for a recovery journey story today i'm joined by jillian welcome hi hello um it's been a while since we spoke and so we haven't caught up much but 
I know that when we first spoke, you had a baby. Now you have another baby. There was a whole journey. I got to talk to you throughout um, your kind of like your second round through all of this kind of thing. And I remember a lot history is of exercise and short luteal phases. And so there's so much to kind of dive into. So I, but I really want that to be your, your job today. So it's so good to see you again. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And like, let's just dive in. Who are you? Where do you live? Um, and what, where does your story begin? Okay. Um, I'm Jillian and right now I live in New York. I live in Astoria, which is really close to the city. Um, and I work Mm -hmm. in Manhattan. Um, I grew up in North Carolina and I never thought I would end up in New York, but our, our plan was to go to Colorado, but we ended up staying here. So anyway, um, I'm a physical therapist and I used to be a gymnast and, uh, now I get to work with gymnasts, which is really fun for me. And I work with all kinds of other people too. Um, and I think my story probably starts back when I was a gymnast, but I didn't know that it started until much, much later. But when I was a gymnast, um, there was, there were people on our team who were like losing their periods all the time. Um, it was no big deal. It would come and go. I never lost mine. Um, but I just knew people who it was like during competition season, maybe they would, and then maybe, or summer training, maybe they would, or wouldn't, it was just part of the deal. And it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and then I went through college. I didn't compete gymnastics in college. Um, I, but I always had a pretty regular period and it was always really, really painful. Um, and sometimes it would, uh, sometimes there would be migraines involved too. So when I heard about IUDs, I was like, sounded like the perfect thing. It would be birth control and, oh, the pill didn't work for me because of the migraines. Um, and so sometime around grad school, I got an IUD and then sometime shortly after grad school, I started CrossFit. So sometime along there, I lost my period. And, um, and then it wasn't until like 10 years later when I was trying to have a baby that I realized that might've been the beginning of a problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, so after, um, let's see, I got married in 2015. So right around then I went off, I got either got my IUD out or I may have switched back to oral birth control at some point in there. And, uh, and then I just was like waiting for my period to come back and a year went by and I had no period. And I started to do some research and like, you know, back then, back then I'm so old back then it was hard to find stuff I feel like you've done such a good job of bringing so much of it to the forefront and like it's so much easier to find at least I mean now it's in like my own little echo chamber of like I'm seeing it all over the place but But now like you can you can google my period is missing and you can find this information so yeah 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 Yeah, everyone and, and the information just goes deeper and deeper, like all the physiology and stuff that you can learn about now is so great. And, and thank you for putting it all in your, on your app and stuff. It's so cool. Um, so, so I had gone to the doctor who was just like, do a, a progesterone, progesterone challenge, progesterone challenge. And, progesterone, yeah. and after reading that and knowing a little bit more about, um, 
my body, I was thinking like, I don't think this is going to do anything. And it didn't. Um, so it just so happened that working in PT, I was working with this doctor and she wanted to send us some people. And she was like, come by my office. I'll give you a complimentary DEXA scan, like just for fun. She's like, you're not pregnant, are you? And I was like, no, but as a matter of fact, like we like to be, um, but I'm having trouble getting my period back. And she's like, well, I don't think a DEXA scan is going to solve it, but just come in anyway. I want you to see the office. So I went in, we did a DEXA scan and she was like, oh my gosh, your bone density. She works with a lot of old ladies. She's like, your bone density is the best I've ever seen, which was like pretty encouraging. And she's like, but your body fat percentage is really low. No, no chance you're having a baby anytime soon. And she's like, you're obviously wasn't underweight, but um, she's like, I, I think your muscle to fat ratio is off. And I hadn't really heard it put like that mm-hmm. before. And it was around that time that I had read um, Nicola's book, uh, No Period, Now What? And so it was like all the pieces were kind of finally coming together about a year after I got married. So um, I, I, I just couldn't believe that I would need to gain weight after I had read her book and I was like, I just can't believe I would need to gain weight. But then after having the DEXA scan, I was like, but I can understand why I might need to gain body fat as I've just mm. always been. I've always been kind of lean and muscular coming from a gymnastics background. But, but in the back of my head, I was like, I was a super lean gymnast. I had like rock solid abs and I never lost my period, but it was really painful. And looking back, I now know I had like super short luteal phases and I had other symptoms that I, I didn't know were like symptoms it was on its way out. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. It must've been like random edge. And I bet if I hadn't had an IED and I had just been doing CrossFit and whatever, it probably still would have gone away. But I figured it had just gone away because of the IUD. I didn't have any, I didn't realize there was a correlation, I guess. Mm. So, so I read that book and then I just followed the advice in there to stop exercise, um, eat more. And uh, I think it was about after three months of doing that, um, I must have ovulated because I ended up getting pregnant. I still never had a period, but I got pregnant. And I was like, great. This it is happens. Like this happens so surprisingly often. I, oh. Well, and in the book, like I realized the language she was using was kind of, I'm sure she was not trying to be sneaky because whatever, it's just the research, but the research says got pregnant within three cycles. It doesn't say three periods. And as like the first time reading through, I was like, oh, I just three months. Like that's all it's going to take is three months. That's no big deal. And then reading it through a second time, I was like, oh, it says cycles. And that might take a lot longer. Mm. So I packed it in for like the long haul. So I was kind of surprised when I got pregnant in three months, but I was happy for it. So I think by that point I had done a little more work anyway. And I had realized like I was taking all these supplements and everything. And I was just thinking like, this is the thing I've been, this is the elephant in the room. Like, I'm just going to have to stop CrossFit and I'm just going to have to like, if I really don't have a baby, I'm just gonna have to buckle down and do this. Um, so I think I, um, are we, are we supposed to say like how much I gained or we don't yeah, absolutely do whatever you want. Uh, I gained like 25 pounds. So I'm like normally like a, like a buck 35 or so. And, um, which always surprises people because I'm short, but I'm muscular. And uh, I think I went up to like around one, 150 or, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I think it was around 20 pounds again. Um, 
So I was pregnant and then I, and that's all I did. I ate and stopped exercising, and got pregnant. I was like, sweet. When I'm done with this pregnancy, I'm just, I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing and I can lose all this weight and not worry about it ever again. But after my daughter turned two, we decided we wanted to have another baby. And by that time I had taken off all the baby weight and then some, and I never had gotten my period back from being pregnant. Um, and I might be messing up my timeline a little bit. I think she was coming up on one and a half and we decided, and then that's when I was like, okay, I guess I have to start eating more again and stop exercising again. And that's when I found all of your stuff and especially, um, listening to the calls and being in the group. Um, I realized like I never sorted through the mental component of everything. So um, let's see the timeline here. So I, I did slow down my exercise, but I didn't completely stop this time. Um, I stopped running. I was just doing more yoga and I, I swapped out a bunch of my, I have been doing some weight training and some kettlebells and I swapped all of that out for meditation, which is, I felt like a pretty good substitute and some naps. So Let's see. So then I gained weight and I was like, I was talking to you and I was, I was, um, I think I had a couple of calls with Ashley too, to talk about the mental side of things a little bit more. And that was really helpful because that was the work I hadn't done the first time. And I finally felt like a huge shift in my mindset, which was no longer like, I'm going to have this baby. And then I get to take the weight off again. Like I didn't, it, I felt like finally, like, um, I wasn't packing all of this into my identity anymore. And that felt really liberating for as long as I can remember my identity was being a gymnast and being a, being an athlete and being a CrossFitter and being fit and small. And now my identity was shifting to, well, I'm a mom and I would like to have another baby. And, um, and it's, I'm, I'm more able and willing to let go of this uh, part of my personality and I can still be active, but it's important to make this big shift. So, um, and I felt like for the second time, um, like happier and I wasn't worried about the miles per week and I wasn't worried anymore about the calories again. And like, I just, but the, when I first joined the HA Society, I was like, I can't believe I'm finding myself here again. I already did this work. And I already know what I need to do. And I can't believe I'm doing, I can't believe I did this again to myself. Ah, that's so, frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did, and I did get my period back, uh, I don't know, in April or so. And then I was working with you on charting my cycles and I was having still some short luteal, luteal phases. And, um, you suggested that I cut out caffeine and I was like, no, no, I only have like 50 milligrams a day. I sleep pretty well. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to. And you were like, Oh, maybe just try it. And so I did. <laughs> and, and it fixed everything. Yes. So, I, and I, I, didn't call, I was like, it was either cap. It was like, I remember it was either caffeine or it was like protein. I remember you were also um, like running to work or something like that you know, yeah, during that time in, in New York, it's, um, well, it was like kind of COVID around then. And I was like, anytime I don't have to be on the train. Also the trains are kind of slow. 
I think I can probably book it and make it faster. It's only like four miles to work. And sometimes it takes me an hour to get home on the train. So I was like, I think I can beat the train. And so I started mm. running home from work a lot. And, and then, so then double, like I didn't have to be on the train and I was getting home faster than the train and I was getting my exercise in. So it was like really a good um, system, but except for the fact that I was having no period and underweight again. So um, yeah, yeah, so I got, so we were tracking my cycles. We fixed my cycles by cutting out caffeine and I had swapped out a bunch of exercise for uh, mental exercise or like just meditation and stuff. And I found myself, and this frustrates me so much, but I found myself being more patient with my daughter and more um, energetic <laughs> at work. And like, I know, I knew, wow. I knew what I was doing and I still like went through those like, Oh, but if, you know, it just like, it feels, ugh, I'm, I'm so forward facing in my job as a physical therapist where, and I know like so many people on this podcast have said this, where like my patients comment on my body all the time. And since it, it's, you know, and there's mirrors all around the office and it's like, as soon as I was pregnant, people noticed. And as soon as I was losing the baby weight, people noticed. And it's like people saying things like, oh, the last, um, last time I saw you, you were huge. And like, it, you know, it gets you, no matter how hard you try, it gets to you. It's, it's a tough business being like forward facing in front of people all the time. So, um, let's see. So I got pregnant the second time in January. Yeah. I think, so I think we started like three, three months or four months of just like letting your body adjust to the slight changes to get like a day added to your luteal phase at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, um, read the book. Um, it starts with the egg, which, oh, I had had a fertility consult somewhere in there. Cause I was like, I just want to make sure that, uh, there's no scar tissue in my uterus or there's no, like, I want to get an egg follicle count. Like, I just want to know, I need to know mentally that like anatomically is <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> everything's in working order. I'm, I'm 30. I was, I was 35 trying to get pregnant. So I was like, uh, I just, I'm considered advanced maternal age. Like I just need to know everything is working. So I had had a fertility consult and they were, and the, and the lady I talked to was really blunt and was like, you're 35. It's going to take you more than a month probably. And in the meantime, you can work on your egg quality and read this book. So I read it and there were some supplements I decided to try, but I was only, most of them take like three or more months. And like, I was only on them for like two months before I got pregnant. I don't know if they helped or not, but um, yeah, so, so I got my period back in, I don't know, some like April, then I think I was pregnant by the next January. So, um, and then I had a normal, a normal pregnancy, except I did have COVID in the middle, which was terrible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, and then the baby was born in October and he is like a breastfeeding champion started like latched immediately, easy to breastfeed eats like from the very first day, I was eating like 15 minutes on one side, 15 minutes on the other side, just like textbook, great eater. And so I was shocked at six months postpartum when I got my period back because mm. I have been losing some weight and, um, but I've been really like keyed into my diet this time. So there was diet. And then I think, I think I said this to you in email, but I think the real reason I got it back so quickly postpartum this time was because I had done 
the mental work and a little bit more physical work prior, prior to getting pregnant. Like we really fixed my cycle prior to getting pregnant this time. And I really fixed my mindset. So I didn't come out of this pregnancy guns blazing, like trying to lose the weight. So mm. my body was just Intentions. maybe getting back to, yeah. And, and, um, I decided to go on a light antidepressant, um, like the mildest, but just something for postpartum because I knew I was going to be inside all winter with two children. And I was like, I usually get a little seasonal depression anyway. So I was like, let's just give this a go. And I think being on a little light antidepressant probably also helped with like the mental stress load of everything. Um, cortisol and all that. Yeah. I mean, that it makes sense that, um, that the body would respond to, you approaching your postpartum period from like that period of time postpartum from a place of kind of going more with the flow right like I also lost a lot of weight during pregnancy personally for me um unintentionally but that's just like you know where life went and that's not common you know that's typically not most people's experience but it wasn't intentional. There wasn't this like, this like restriction behind it, right? It's right. more just like what I'm going for, what I'm trying to do. And at the end of the day, if you've had some periods, you're going to have, like you are in a better spot, like a homo, better homeostasis kind of spot. You can handle more. You can have two children. You can be busier. You can be more tired. If you're not also trying to, get to the gym every day and show up in that way for everyone. And that's something yeah. that like having kids, having kids will force your true priorities to come to the top. Right. And you're either going to be an almond mom. <laughs> if you've like heard that term, it's like um, such a good term. <laughs> you're either going to be an almond mom or you're going to be there, you know, doing what's most important and, I think that that for most people reaps post-period recovery, even sorry, postpartum recovery, even when you're breastfeeding and that's yeah. really freaking cool. Have and you had I'm, more since? Uh, well, no, um, kind of one little small one, but he, mm-hmm. um, I did notice a big drop in my milk supply at six months. I think that's really why I got it. I mean, if it was going to, mm-hmm come it was going to come in but he kind of ramped back up and I felt my supply go back up and so I think we kind of just went back into like more intense breastfeeding he got sick so he's like nursing a whole bunch more and like yeah I think it's probably because of that but it's only been two months I was I wasn't expecting to be like super regular yet anyway um but yeah, I, I mean like it, one, that makes sense because it is really surprising that you got your cycle back at you know at that time so that makes perfect I, sense I've been having like um some ovulation signs and stuff. So I, I don't think it's far off. Like, I don't think I'm sucked into the same pattern as before. And so, um, um, but I'm, I'm, you know, my first kid is a girl and I'm so happy to have like, I, I mean, I feel like if you asked me 15, 10, 15 years ago, do you have body, body positivity? I would have said, yeah, absolutely. But I didn't, I didn't really. And now I'm I really positive that and I'm so that's, jacked and lean. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now I feel like I can use healthier language around her and like set a better example and all this, except that when I was pregnant, <laughs> when I was in my bathing suit, she did laugh hysterically at me. So there was that. Oh, I know. 
I mean, I said uh, some choice shit to my parent, to my mom too. So, but yeah, that's part of why we have to be like in a mental state for it. And I'm, I so, sorry, finish your story. I have questions, but I'm going to, I want you to finish. That's <laughs> pretty I much do. it. I, I just had one other thing that I've been thinking about lately, which is that all of the products um, and things that I had purchased because I was in HA and it was like, I was even down to like, I bought a silk pillowcase for my hair that was breaking. And I was buying all these creams for my face because my skin was terrible. And I had bought like an endless number of like energy supplements because my energy was so low and like the list goes on and on. And I just was, I was making a little list, but it's on my phone and now I'm using my phone. So I can't see it, but um, but yeah. I was making a list of things because it was just like all these things kept coming to mind of like things that just to, to, to mask the symptoms of HA really was the bottom line. Yeah. Just this realization that we will invest in any and everything we can so that we don't have to change sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you just don't know, right? Like there's, I get, I see so much advertising for products for like symptoms that reek of low hormone function. Yeah. yeah but they're, they're talking about it. Like this just happens to women. It's not you or anything you're doing. Like this V I'm not going to say any brands, but like this like vegan hair serum and this ad I'm sure people listening have heard it have seen this ad because it's everywhere and they're just like I'm obsessed with this hair serum my hair was falling out and ever since I got this like vegan hair serum hair growth serum <laughs> yep and I'm like bro and like I'm looking at you <laughs> on the video and I'm like you are hungry you don't right. need this, this <laughs> serum like rah, but so we're we're like as a culture normalizing your body just not working like some people's body just doesn't work that's just how it is so you buy this product and so we yeah. just do it well including and then also uh I, f- I think it was either on here or on um Lisa's podcast where somebody was saying like there's no such thing as unexplained infertility there's there's an explainable it's explainable it's just you just can't explain it (laughs) right right (laughs) yes exactly it's kind of like IBS oh you just have uh, irritable bowel syndrome right no there's a reason it's not just like happening um it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And we're all just this. I could tell you so many of them that I'm coming across that I'm like, Oh, you know, this like Raynaud syndrome, they've all got mm-hmm. Raynaud syndrome, which is just poor circulation. Yeah. Cold all the time. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you don't have a syndrome. You are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's a, you know, we haven't talked about that point much at all um, of like the, the amount of money that we invest in hacks for what we're doing, right? Like you could fix your hair breaking or a hack would be that you just stop. Like you just take better care of the fragility in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I was all these different shampoos I was trying my hair. It was like falling out and like, yep. 
yeah, all I had to do was, I mean, my hair is, it's, it was falling out because of postpartum and it's already growing mm-hmm. in much better now than it ever was when I was doing CrossFit and eating like 1200 calories a day. Yeah. Well, that's going to happen no matter what the postpartum hair folate. That's a different issue entirely. Yeah, it's not yeah, an yeah. issue. That's just a, it's a totally normal thing. Um, but yeah, like the rate at which it grows back, like the sooner you look silly and you have to have the, the little flyaways, the better, like that's great progress. <laughs> and so we, we kind of went through your story very like, um, I did this and then I realized I'm just going to have to I'm going to have to buckle in and do it. And so I did it and then I got pregnant and then that was easy. And then I went back and then, ah, this was a bit tough. I was a bit annoyed. I had a short luteal phase. Then we resolved it. I just had to drink less coffee and then I got pregnant. Like it's, it's easy kind of for that to sound like a short journey, but I remember it being a long, like being a long journey for you. I wasn't there from the beginning from your first child. Right. But I remember talking to you about that process and kind of you being in the sort of the, it's so much easier to tell the story, but when you're actually in the timeline of waiting for, sure, should I make this change? And now I've made the change, how long till the change works? I'm not sure if I'm seeing an improvement or my temps look worse this week than they looked last week, all that stuff. Um, you talk a lot about this mental piece that you hadn't done yet. You hadn't done the mental piece, but I'm really curious, like what was the mental piece? What were, or is the part that has made something seemingly so simple, exercise less, gain some body fat kind of thing. Why was that? a problem for you kind of time and time again, you know what I mean? Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system And how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA, and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. 
We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Yeah, I think it comes back to the identity piece that like I I didn't, yeah, I thought my, I thought my priorities were, you know, having a six pack and having this like image of how I presented and um, I had it so wrapped up in my identity. And it was like, it's who I was at work. Like I can, I've always been able to be all the boys on pull-up contests and I can do muscle-ups and I can like, this is part of who I am. And I wasn't ready to give that up. And I think, um, becoming a mom the first time, um, on one hand made me ready to say like, well, being a mom is, is a bigger part of my identity than being someone who can do pull-ups so I'm like that helped but at the same time there's all this pressure of like lose the baby weight lose the baby weight lose the baby weight and so yeah um but I but it was easier for me to put things on hold like going to the gym for my daughter that was that was easy and so I think that was the beginning of like breaking that piece of of who who I was but yeah it was like I mean it was almost two years from the time I stopped birth control till my first pregnancy and then it was um almost a full year from the time that we decided we wanted to have another kid to to when I got pregnant maybe even a little over a year so yeah yeah it's easy to say because it's all in hindsight um but there are lots of little like nitpicky details of like trying this supplement and I guess I have to I guess I have to stop CrossFit, but I'm going to just do it one more month. I'm just going to get through this competition and then I'll stop. Mm. And there were all these little pieces of, um, you kind of like, and I would, every time I go back home, I go to my old gymnastics gym, say hi to the coaches and the owner. And like, I didn't want to go back in there. If I had to gain all this weight, like I'm going to wait till after I go home and I don't want them to see me uh, not in gymnastic shape. Like that's not, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that ex gymnast that gained all that weight. And so Ooh, that's interesting. They, they do you mm-hmm. feel like they would think something? In no, that, in that <laughs> no, I know they wouldn't. I'm like, these are some of my friends from when I was really young. And if they did, I mean, whatever, like, then that's what I feel like now, like, this is what, what I needed to do to, to have the two children who I now like, I'm so incredibly happy and I love them so much. And I would, I, it doesn't matter anymore. I don't care. So if I am that person and whatever, but no, everybody I ever used to work out with has kids and so does the owner. So like everybody gets it. I think like you think people are going to see you away, but then um, maybe when you step out of your own head, you kind of see that everybody just isn't going to look at you like that or whatever. I was so worried about everyone thinking like, 
they weren't thinking it or they have already experienced something and it's not all about me. Like it's not as self-centered as, as you think it is, or as I thought. Yeah. Sometimes I feel too, with the whole, like, they're not really thinking that piece is that even if they are right. Oh, oh, she let herself go or whatever. Like the fact that they thought that never changed a thing. It never mattered. Right. And we all like look to people who are so God and that person lives their life. They don't give a fuck about what anyone else thinks. Like that's so inspirational. Like we do appreciate that about people usually right within, (laughs) you know, certain boundaries, but for ourselves, that is not okay. And I think that that's really fascinating. I mean, I, I don't have the answers to that because I, you know, I observe that in myself all the time. Like there's a version of my life that I want to live that has nothing to do with the perception of others. And then there's my actions, Mm. which could be, could be perceived as different. And we see that in HA all the time. I want to have a baby. However, I Mm. am working out like a gymnast for example, yeah. you know, is like, yeah. and so the, the goal and what we want and we get on a call and it's like, they're hiring you because they want this goal. And then we look at their life and it's not relevant to the goal. And this can happen subconsciously. It's oh, fascinating. Yeah. And then we have to discuss it. Well, like, I know we want to get pregnant, but do you think that, you know, everyone else trying to get pregnant is running 80 miles a week. Oh my God. But it's so frustrating to see the people on Instagram, which is like another thing I had to just like shut that down. I had, I actually started a new account and only started following like, I mean, while I was trying now, I don't care, but um, I I started a new account that was like, just for me, just with like crafts and comedians and (laughs) because I like, and with no friends, like nobody's on there that I know. Cause I just couldn't look at like, yeah, because there are people on Instagram. I mean, there's one woman I'm, and she like pops up on the suggested thing for me all the time. Who's like sprinting and she's like, whatever, eight months pregnant. And she's like, got one in tow. And I'm just like, how, how, but that's like, that's not the norm. <laughs> that's not the norm. It's and, not the norm. And, and it's not the whole people, picture. Once I was pregnant and either the first or second time I, I looked at the hashtag fit pregnancy just so I could like bang my head against the wall. And like, it's crazy. People are crazy. People are it's crazy. Wild. It's, wild. Like, it's I mean, and- not the whole picture. It's so, it's so like I could get, I, I could have been pregnant and then like gotten a quick clip of myself doing something hard and sure. then I'd sit down for the rest of the day. <laughs> Like, let's be real, but that's just the, the, the social media thing is such an underrated piece because a lot of us struggle with comparison. And I saw this person say that, or I just can't let go of this identity. It's like, literally you're so heavily influenced by what you're around that I can guarantee that if you go and cleanse yourself of all that rubbish on your feed (laughs) and just make it crafts and comedians, (laughs) Like the physically like, triggers are real. Triggers are real things. And if yeah. you're around people or in situations, we just had a, we're in the middle of a group program right now. Um, and one of the 
awesome girls. She was like, I went to a music festival this weekend. And that was really, really hard because a music festival is just a giant runway. Oh, yeah, right, right. Girls like walking around. It's a trendy thing. People like uh, worse than Halloween. You know what I mean? People wearing all kinds of crazy things that are very um, scandalous. And it's just like a a self-comparison festival, really. As you have to be so careful about it during that time about your environment and what you're looking at and who you're seeing. And you can't expect yourself to just be tough and get over it and think differently. You really have to step in and experience a different environment to let yourself heal. Yeah. And I think that that was a big part of what I got to do on the second round of HA recovery Mm. was like, that's the part I tackled was like, I didn't, I didn't realize what all those things and, and kind of working in the industry too, in a way in physical therapy, like I'm here, I am telling my patients like to be more active. And like, as I'm actively gaining weight and it's like, Oh, I'm telling you, you need to get out and walk more as I'm packing on the pounds, but it is what it is. Cause context matters, doesn't it? It also just shows you how not um, black and white everything is right? How telling everyone that, that weight loss is health is just like always the best thing is so dangerous. Right. Sure. Uh, well, yeah, I can, I can see that. And I know that in roles like that, jobs like yours, how others, how clientele potentially see you physically is a narrative that's playing in your head. Um, it's, this has also given me the tools to speak to some of my gymnast patients about their periods and ask like very comfortably ask what's it like how long is it are you are you dying are you out of the gym when you have it is it that bad and how many days like you should start charting like take a look at this like um I have one of the kids I work one of the girls I work with she's 18 um her mom is a nurse practitioner and she and I like worked a lot together with uh, on her daughter's cycle. So just like, is she getting enough calories? Is she getting enough sleep? Like it, it was kind of cool to be able to help her with that from the other side. Um, cause her mom yeah. was like very concerned about bone density and, and all that. And if she's going to compete in college, then she wants her to be set up on, uh, like, a she know how to handle herself so that she doesn't run into that issue because in gymnastics, especially in the world now, um, it's not about who can be the skinniest. It's about who can be the most powerful. And so we're really starting to see a shift, which is great. Um, and who can to, be the most like consistent, like who can not get hurt mm-hmm. enough to yeah, train injury enough, is huge. To enough. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And, and that's even, it's funny to see some of the smaller, like China is the example, their athletes are very petite and small and they, some of them can't really do the bigger tricks that some of the Americans can do because they don't have the, they can't pack the punch from like, they don't have the muscle. So it's kind of nice that the, the sport is shifting. Yeah. And I'll say from like a weightlifting perspective, China has the potential Chinese well, people have the potential to be powerful and strong, but yeah, they're just not ready to train in that way and change that and give up um, height, right? And sure, rotations sure. for, or like whatever, however the hell it works. I'm not a gymnast. Um, but <laughs> like your your profession, and there are like lots of people in similar professions, right? Personal trainers, yeah. coaches, um, yeah, f- uh, physical therapists and stuff. Like 
it's all well and good, like good to be an HA coach, but people need to know about it and it needs to be applicable to their real life. And for the most part, it just, it doesn't come to people. Like everyone has a, well, not everyone, but most people have a bit of a roundabout way of getting here to this yeah. podcast or this community. Um, but if you can be like 18 and have your physical therapist be like, how's mm-hmm. this going? Because it's important for your bone density and performance and longevity in sport. Well, okay, great. Someone's finally planted the seed and now she knows that and she can't unknow that. She can make mistakes, yeah. but she can't like unknow it. And that's really where this stuff needs to happen and where the education needs to be put. And I can imagine, I mean, it's like a rant for another day, but that like physical therapy school probably just doesn't focus enough on things like that with clients. It's a lot more, is it a lot more like um, manual and corrective stuff, but not a whole lot of like root cause um we it's they have to cram so much into a three-year curriculum because we have to, we have to learn everything about like neuro like mm-hmm. people have stroke people who have tia people who have motorcycle injuries people who are acute care wound care like they pack so much into three years that they basically do like a couple lectures on red s or whatever and so we know to look out for it and then you can always there are specialty certifications that will focus more on that kind of thing if you if you're interested in going down that road working with athletes and stuff um but nothing mm-hmm. like nothing like cycle charting or, or anything like that, like that, but I'm so happy to have my own personal experience to like pull from. And then like, I can refer to you or any yeah. one of the people that you've trained. If I, if somebody needs help yeah. charting their cycle, like it's kind of random, it, like, uh, it's not directly applicable to all. I mean, some people are physical therapists in like aged care, you know, but, um, right. it would at least be cool for it to be like a common continuing education or something. Yeah. That people, yeah. It should be okay. part of like any of the sports curriculum that anybody wants to, if they want to get involved with sport, they should have more information on that yeah. for sure. For sure. Especially like with high school athletes. Yes. For sure. We see more and more girls are uh, more like college age. It's very exciting to see that becoming that, important. Especially not, yeah, because they're not training to get pregnant. Like they haven't waited to the last possible second to yeah. The first time I was trying to get pregnant, uh, actually, you know, the first time I was pregnant and went to the doctor for the first time, I told her I had a history of HA and she looked at me like I was crazy. Cause she's like, you're not underweight. Like, and I know you've heard that 400 oh? times. Like, yeah. She's but like, it's funny you to not look, look like at you. Issues. It's funny to not look at you though. And be like, you're, you're very vascular. You know what I mean? Like you're super yeah. lean. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell do you mean? Well, I think your learning is interesting of weight versus body fat. Like I, yeah. I'm in a world where I assume people know that when we say weight, we mean body fat. So yeah. that question, that question comes up of like, can I reverse diet my way out of this? Can I like gain muscle um, instead? Mm. Is like, they're totally different organs. It's like, it's like yep. <laughs> needing, needing a heart transplant and asking if we could just do a lung. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> These are different, different organs. They play different roles. Like it's super important. And so the role of body fat is so underappreciated. Everyone's just thinking that body fat is excess energy storage point blank. Right. Right. Like you're just carrying around baggage. You're just walking around with this. And although that is extremely important because that's a part of what the brain is hearing is a safety backup. We have backups. We have something that we can make a baby out of, but it's also really important, um, it makes hormones. It communicates 
it, it communicates about hormones like through the body up to the brain it's like we just don't know about it um yeah so I think that's a really interesting learning from this call is it's not just about weight right it's it's about body fat and um just because you're not like what everyone pictures someone with a missing period to look like doesn't mean you don't have it it <laughs> doesn't mean that that's correct um yeah. and that this is a a long journey that requires not just the physical changes but also being mentally in a place where you can accept you know your yeah. sort of shift of identity if you will so that you can have the yeah. goal you actually want and do your like take the actions that are conducive to your goals versus contradictory ones very well said in summary in summary um okay if there is anyone or anything that you could say to a bunch of people currently going through it they want to have a baby you know maybe they're really struggling with letting go of certain parts of their identity you know free form conscious stream of thoughts I had a really good thing for this and it left me. Um, <laughs> oh, no, this isn't quite that answer, but I I just, um, I, I was just thinking back to, I think one of the first times I ever got on one of the HA calls, um, everyone saying how, like, how your, your people who are closer in your inner circle will notice and in a good way. And like my husband absolutely noticed, like we can order whatever food we want and let's go for ice cream. And you're so much happier and you're not flying off the handle about anything. And like my, <laughs> my, my mom saying I was happier and feeling like I had more energy altogether at work. And like all these things just, just fell into place. So I, I, I love the quote that says like, when you're going through hell for God's sake, for God's sakes, keep going. Like if it's, if it's really tough, you, you got to keep going. You can't, don't stop. And for God's sake, don't go backwards. Like you have to keep going forwards. And, um, you know, you have to realize that like the cycle of weight losses, it can't be perpetual. What do you, you can't, what are you going to get down to zero? Like you can't, you can't, you can't keep living like that, like under, under nourished, under fueled, under energy, like all the things can't be can't be that low forever and it's even though you wear a crop top or whatever um it's just yeah. not it's not a sustainable way to live yeah so, I don't know keep keep going and um I don't know how to I don't know how to tell someone how to like get over that mental hurdle but I just remember like I think maybe hearing hearing everybody being on some of the calls which like I couldn't attend very much because my schedule was so packed but um but hearing a lot of people on the calls just say the exact same thing and hearing all the other people doing it, like, okay, everyone can do it. And all these people have done it. A lot of them have done it. And a lot of people are doing it right now. And a lot of people are working harder than me. And um, it's not just me. Cause the first time I found the information, it really felt like it was just me and the few other people in this book. So it's all over the place mm. and it's rampant and so many people are dealing with it and not talking about it or completely unaware. And just knowing that there was a lot more people out there was like a huge part of helping me get to that point of like, I can do it. I can do it. And it's worth it in the end. Yeah. 
Yeah. I always find that interesting. The, like, I just need to know I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't really, I, I guess like, because we still just, we just don't like, it all stems to like, I want to be normal and accepted and like, not um like a pariah. It's like, okay. Yeah. So if we can just normalize not necessarily in a way that like it's okay to be this way, but normalize people struggling with and working towards resolving low hormone issues. Like that would be great. But right now we're in a world where people are just normalizing having low hormone issues and getting IVF treatment and like just wrapping your hair in silk and things like that. To just like get through, you know what I mean? I was going to say it, it all kind of, um, came to a, like a really nice head when, uh, it was shortly after I had gotten pregnant the first time. And a friend of mine said, I'm a friend of mine who normally wouldn't say something like this was like, I am so proud of you because we have so many friends going through IVF and that is its own struggle. And lots of people who, who need it for various reasons. Um, but a lot of people get it who probably could have sorted through their issues if they had been patient and persistent and consistent and, and done the work. And, she was like, I'm so proud of you for, for putting in the work and not jumping to the, well, you can't even call IVF easy, but the easy solution, um, yeah, jumping to like, the conclusion that you needed that. Yeah. The, yes. The conclusion that you needed that. And I think it's also just a testament to show we would rather uh, like hands 100% certainty. I know this, I, that I can say this as a fact, there are people who would rather go through the IVF process, which is excruciating in terms of time and finances and extremely invasive and emotional, they would rather do that than gain a pound of weight than not be able to wear their crop top. And it's yeah, like- it's true. And I know people who have. Yeah, we, I, we all do. And that's, it's not okay. And that makes me really, really sad makes me super sad so you should be proud of yourself because it be yeah. in because that was an option yeah yeah and now going into um postpartum not planning on having any more babies <laughs> ever again um <laughs> i am i'm looking forward to like cycle charting and getting the data and just watching the data without any intention. I think that'll be very Yes. It doesn't have to mean anything good or bad. It's just curious. And then with yeah. everything you've been through and what you know, you can look at it kind of stay neutral and just like if you need to make it just a tweak or just the next best decision with the information you have, do it. Yeah. If now's not the yeah. time, okay. Like it doesn't have to be such a, uh, good, bad, emotional. Tool. Right. We're not in any, um, under any kind of timeline. Oh, I think that also it was really helpful for me in the very beginning of the second round of HA recovery to, to write out. I, I, I said this on one of the calls one time, but I wrote out my HA story and I spent some time at the computer, like typing it and writing in details and like, not to share with anybody, just to have it and just to see it all out there. And I felt like it was really cathartic for me to, to write it all down. And then I looked at it today before our call, so I could remember some of the stuff, but it was really long. So I decided to try to say it all really fast, but 
Um, I, I feel like that's a tip I would give somebody to just try writing out your whole story because you're going to see how far you come up to this point and maybe it won't feel like you have as far to go. Yeah, I love that. I really like that as a cathodic exercise and helps you kind of see how you got here in the yeah. first place. Why you yeah. believe so strongly that it's not okay for you to do this is like somewhere in your path. Like the yeah. answer is there. I love that. Exactly. That's a good tip. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story and just kind of giving back to the community um, and passing the torch of struggle <laughs> over to the next person. <laughs> um, we really appreciate it. This was so good. And just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. This has been so amazing. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So Temp Drop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm, and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So temp drops accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature this includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs. And then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons, like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction. TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code so just go to 
tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.